Welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. Okay, so first and foremost, we have to address something right off the bat. I know, I sound different. I have a cold. It happens to the best of us. Now, most podcasters have episodes so far out in advance that they don't ever have to record when they have a cold. And usually that's what I strive for. That's what I always try to do. But you know, sometimes we fall behind in what we want to do. I'm coming off a super full season of life. I don't want to say busy, but it was very full, if you get what I'm saying. And it required a lot of extra working hours for my day job, and I am just catching up. I know that you can relate to that in some area of your life, so just give me a little bit of grace for my voice this week if you could, and just pray that it gets better super fast, because as annoying as it might be to sound like this in your ears, it's super annoying for me to have to live my life like this, you know? I want to take a second and thank everyone that reached out with feedback over the series we just did on stress. I really love the insight shared from our guests, and I love even more that it blessed you too. Now, if you missed it, I hope that you go back and you have a listen because there is so much wisdom to be had in those episodes. Now, this week we are starting into a brand new series, and I could not be more excited about it, and I'll tell you all about why in just a minute. But while I was already planning this series, I decided to put a poll up into our Facebook group while I was homesick this week, and I wanted to see what you all wanted to hear. And I love that this topic that we're going to dive into in this series was number one on your list. How awesome is that? Okay, so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about, get ready for it, home organization, home cleaning, home management, all of the good stuff that comes with it. From mindset to routines, we are going to cover it all. Now, let me tell you why I'm so excited. This is not something that I tell everyone because it's the kind of thing that will make people sum you up and judge you super fast, like really fast. So as I say this, just don't judge me. (laughs) I love to clean. I love to sort through stuff, organize things, get into like the deep, nitty gritty cleaning. And I love getting rid of stuff, like throwing things away or putting things in a donate pile brings me so much joy. It makes me kind of crazy. But honestly, cleaning my house, organizing my house, it is like stress relief for me. It's something that I go to when things are not going my way. I love, love, love to do this kind of stuff. In fact, if I could have another career, like I really need another career, but if I were to start over and and do something new, I think I would want to be a professional organizer. I totally would. Now, I almost didn't tell you this because I didn't want you to be like, uh, well, Jenny, hello, it's easy for you. You like to clean. But here's the thing. I had to be honest with you and tell you that I love it. But like it or not, it takes time to do it. Whether I like it or not, it takes time out of my day. And if you don't have a solid strategy, if you are not intentional about creating the home you desire, it just won't happen. It'll start to pile up. It'll feel too big. It feels like such a chore. And then it just, you'll never get it done. And then you'll never be happy. And then that's where the guilt starts to come into play. We don't do guilt here. 
That's not something that we are about. We are all about helping you clear away that chaos. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So to kick off the series, we're going to be talking about strategy. But before we get there, we need to talk about intention. Now, we talk a lot about intention in all kinds of different things on this show. And I think what we're going to be talking about with intention really can apply to so many different areas of your life. But here's how it really applies into your home. When you go online, when you go onto Pinterest, when you start to search for things to help you be a better homemaker, which we're going to talk about that word in just a moment, there's a bazillion different resources out there. There's so many different checklists, so many different downloadables, so many different calendars, schedules, tips, tricks, things, all of this stuff. There's so much information out there about how you can better clean your house, how you can better organize your house. But here's the thing. How you clean your house is how you clean your house. How you want your house to be clean, that intention, that desire, that image that you have in your mind of what your home to be like for your family, for you, for guests that come in, that is individual to you. It shouldn't matter what anyone else's level of clean looks like because we all have our different view on what that looks like. I mean, even I bet your view of a clean living room is probably different than your husband's view of a clean living room. I'll tell you that right now. My husband, if it's got clutter in it, to him it's not clean. But he could care less if the carpets are vacuumed. And for me, if the carpets aren't vacuumed, it's dirty. And it could have piles of stuff everywhere. But if the carpet is vacuumed, to me it's a clean living room. It's just in the process of something else going on in it right now. So as we start to talk about this strategy, I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind. That it's really up to you to decide what it is that you want your home to represent. What does clean look like? What does organized look like? It might be that you just don't want to see things and it doesn't matter if it's behind doors or cupboards. If someone else has a problem with that, that's their problem. If it doesn't bother you, don't let it bother you. You know, I think so much of the stuff that we take on ourselves that makes us feel guilty about things or like we're falling behind or the overwhelming to-do list are things that other people have imposed onto us and made us think that this is a priority. And if it's not, it's not. Now, with that said, I do believe that we are all homemakers. We are making a home. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't hire a cleaning lady to come in or a professional organizer or even to delegate chores out to your kids or to have your husband help you duly taking care of the household management and cleaning and organization and all of those things because you can't do it all yourself. But to set that intention of what it is that you want to create to be in charge of the environment and the vibe that comes from your house, that you own. We're all homemakers, and the Bible's very clear about the women's role in the home. Now, I don't believe that that means that we can't be out there working, we can't be out there going after our goals, because for many years, I have had someone come in and help with the house. For many years, my husband, he was been a stay-at-home dad, and he has taken the bulk of that work. But when it comes to decisions about how the house is decorated or rearranging the furniture or even what the definition of clean is, I own that. And if my husband wasn't cleaning to my definition, then I would hire someone else to come in and help him. It's no different than another job that we have in the workplace. You know, like if in the workplace, you're the manager and you decide like, this is the way that we're going to structure things. This is the way that we are going to set things up. 
And that doesn't mean that you are doing everything yourself in the workplace. You have other people who are part of your team and they all have their role within that team and they all do things, but someone has to manage that. Someone has to oversee that and guide it and have the vision for the direction that you're going. And it's the same thing for your home. So I hope that that empowers you to be able to recapture that vision for your house, to recapture that vision for what it is that you're creating. It's a sanctuary for you, for your family, to be able to come to, to rest and recharge and restore so that you can go back out into the world and do everything that God is calling you to do. So that is number one, is to get very clear about your intention for your home. And if you want some help on that, if you are like, I just don't even know where to start with what I would want that to be, then if you haven't yet taken the weekly success planning course, I hope that you do. It's totally free. You can access it by going to yourliferocks.com or it's inside the app too. So you can go to your app store and just search Your Life Rocks and you'll find the weekly success planning course in there. It'll walk you through how to set intentions, not just for your home, but for all areas of your life. All right, so if you need help figuring out what that intention is, definitely take the course. It will help you out. So once you have that intention for your home set, then we can start moving towards some strategy on how you can bring that into fruition. But without that first piece, without first being like that intentional and clear about what it is that you want to be creating, you're going to be creating everything. And that creates so much overwhelm. That's really what you're doing is you're just creating so much busyness for yourself in creating something that's not going to really fulfill you and the way that you need it to. It's not going to create the home that you desire. And then you're always going to be wanting more, something different. And that's the last thing you want in your home is for it to seem off for you. All right, so with intention set, let's move on to the practical things. Now, I encourage you to get out your notebook because this is where you're really gonna need to map some things out, list some things out, and know that this is not a one and done. It's not about getting it perfect the first time. You can always be adding to it. In fact, I prefer to use Google Sheets for this next part versus a notebook because then I can always be adding to it. So let me tell you what we're talking about. We are talking about your SOPs, your standard operating practices for your home. Now, likely in your workplace, you have SOPs set up for the way that you handle customers or complaints or refunds or whatever it is, right? But how often do you set up SOPs in other parts of your life? Like how you just, this is the way that we operate, Our family has SOPs. I highly encourage that you to set up SOPs for your family, for your marriage. You don't have to call them SOPs if you don't want to. (laughs) I mean, you could call them whatever you want, but the intention is is that you have set protocol in the way that you respond to different things, the way that you, you do different things. And so your standard operating practices for your house are basically like your task list, but broken up. So what are those things that you do annually? Quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily. Now, on my Google Sheet, I have just like different tabs for each of those categories. So one for annual, one for quarterly, one monthly, weekly. I don't really have one for daily because to me, it feels like a waste of time to fill something up daily because I'm always doing it. And it's just part of our habit of what we do as a family. Now, I know I've already said this one more time, but I'm gonna say it again. This is not the list of everything that you, mama, are gonna be doing. This is not mom's to-do list. This is the household 
management list. These things are not all on your shoulders to do. You might be the organizer. You might be the manager. You might be the coordinator. You are the CEO of your house. But that does not mean that you have to do every single task. Okay? I just want to make sure you're hearing that. I'm going to repeat that several times through this episode so that you don't feel like you have to do it all. Because sometimes we feel like that and we take it all on and it's not necessary. We all need to just let that go. All right, so you have your intention, you have your Google Sheets or your Excel document or whatever form that's like that. You could even just do it in your notebook if you wanted to. Have one page for annual, one page for quarterly. The reason why I like it to be electronic is because there are things I don't think about until it comes about. And then I'm like, oh gosh, I should probably put that on rotation so I don't forget about it. And then I can easily schedule it and assign a time to it and make sure it's done. And I'll have record easily. I can access it from my phone of when something was taken care of. Okay. Because I got sick and tired of thinking, when was the last time I changed the air filter for the HVAC system? I have no idea. So this way it allowed me to be able to be like, oh yeah, it's due this time. Now it's set, done, good, easy, remembered, done. And I know that there are going to be some of you out there that are like, Jenny, tell me exactly what it is that I need to do annually. Tell me exactly what it is that I need to do quarterly. Uh Uh-uh, I'm not telling you that. Because let's go back to step number one, your intention. It's your intention, not my intention. Though things I do annually You might be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you do that annually. That's disgusting. I'm doing those things quarterly. Because it might matter more to you some of those things than it does me and vice versa. There are some things I might do weekly that you're like, you do that every single week. And again, it's not always me. Usually it's a child or someone else that's doing it. But yeah, I want to live in a house that has that done every week or every month or every quarter. I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to that. For me, I like to have a nice, clean house. For some people, they like to have a nice clutter-free house. Again, it goes back to your intention. So this is the magic question for you to figure out what needs to be on your annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily lists. What needs to be done currently in order to deliver your intention? So currently where your house is and the current status that it's in What needs to be done? And just start making a blank list, like a brain dump list. Don't even be thinking, well, how often should this be done? Some of it might just need to be like, it's a one and done thing. Some of it might need to be done like right now, but then you might not ever have to do it again for another year or six months or, you know, whenever. But this is where it's for you to decide. So first make that brain dump list, putting everything down on paper that needs to be done to close that gap from where you are now to where you want your home to be. And some of the things might be like buying new curtains or buying a new rug or, you know, things like that. That then can go towards like some financial budgeting things that you have for your house. But this will allow you to really see what needs to be taken care of, okay? So you do the brain dump list. Then you can go back through and say, okay, now what makes sense? Like how often would this need to be done? Is this something that I can see would need to be done every single week, every single month, every single quarter? And here's the thing, friends, you can copy and paste. So if you say this is something that needs to be done every single week and you live with it for a couple weeks and you're like, this ain't happening or I want to go do it again and it didn't need to be done again, 
then you can move it to monthly or even bi-weekly. You make the rules on this stuff so you can kind of decide where those things live in the cadence of your life. Once you've done that, then I want you to go through and delegate. And here's the reason why you don't delegate first is because if you delegate first, you're gonna go through that list and you're gonna say, okay, what things can I take on every week? Or what things can I afford to delegate out? Or what's my husband's bandwidth to do these things? Or my kids or whatever. You're gonna be looking at it through a different filter that's not gonna allow you to have the outcome that you want. You're kind of putting in an obstacle for yourself. We wanna always be moving towards the vision that we want, the vision that we created, that intention that we've set. And this goes for all areas of your life. The more restrictions you put on yourself to get there, the harder it's gonna be to get there. So list it out, then categorize it by time-wise. Then you can go through and say, okay, who's gonna do this? Every single week, what's my bandwidth? What can I take on? Oh, now there's this much left over. Who's gonna do that? Because then you can be like, okay, well, these are the things that my husband actually enjoys doing. So he can take on some of these things. Or these are some of the things that my kids are old enough to be able to do so I can teach them how to do it. We have to teach our kids how to do it. We can't just say, hey, kid, go mow the grass and then be like, why is there tall grass and short grass and the edges didn't get done? And we have to teach kids how to do things, right? How to load the dishwasher, how to dust properly, how to do the laundry, but they are capable and they need to know how to do this because one day they will grow up and be adults and have a home of their own and they're gonna need to know how to take care of it. So delegate those things out. And if you need to hire some things out, hire some things out. And if you're like, Jenny, that does not fit in my budget, you don't understand, you need to figure out a way of making it work. Either you're gonna have to pay someone to do it or you're gonna have to find the time to do it. And if neither can happen, It's probably not that important to you. So you need to go back to step one and relook at your intention and figure out why was that my intention? Was this the vision that I created really something that I wanted or is it just something that I think I wanted because society tells me I should want it? Because if you can't make the time to do something or come up with the funds to pay for something, it's not that important to you. So it shouldn't be part of your intention. It doesn't necessarily need to live on that list. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, once you've delegated out, I want you to look at the things that you have for you, the things that you've said that you are gonna be doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. I want you to look at those things and think, okay, when am I gonna get this done during the week? Because here's the thing, even those monthly, quarterly, annual things, they have to be done sometime during the week, right? So even if it's something that you do once a year, it's probably gonna take place on a Saturday. So how are you going to fit in those annual things, those quarterly things, those monthly things in with a Saturday that is already packed with daily and weekly things? You have to kind of be thinking about that, right? How are you going to fit all of those things in? What things can you multitask and get done? And what things can you make more fun? There are tricks and there are tips, things that you can do to make these not feel like a chore to make them feel enjoyable. There's things you can do to make them done very, very quickly. If you've heard me talk before, maybe on my YouTube channel or some of the Facebook Lives, I've talked a lot about like doing power cleaning and combining your workout with cleaning your house because we have to find time to take care of our health and work out. We have to find time to clean the house. So I don't know, why not turn on some fast-paced music, turn up the volume, 
Be in your workout clothes, set a timer, and get busy. See how fast you can clean, how fast you can organize within that time period. I'm telling you, you are capable of so much. You can get so much done in a little amount of time and make it fun for yourself. Now, there on the opposite side of that, there are times where I have to go through and sort through papers. I don't necessarily love doing that. So I'll do it like at night with a glass of wine. I'll turn on some music that I like that's kind of low and mellow. Maybe when the kids are like wanting to play video games or they have friends over or they're already in bed or something. And I'll just hang out with myself, organizing photos or papers or whatever it is that I have to do. But I will find a way of making it enjoyable to do it. Because if you just are like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing in the world. It's always going to be the worst thing in the world. And what do you not want to do? The worst thing in the world. So you're never going to get it done. And then that brings on the guilt. So here are some added tips for you, okay? Number one, don't make it such a big deal. A big project is a big project because you labeled it a big project. Something feels hard because you've said it's hard. If you don't want to do something, you're not going to want to do it. So don't make it such a big deal. Just be like, yeah, I just have to do this real quick. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just going to, you know, sort through these this pile of paper while I'm watching this TV show. Or I'm just going to vacuum really quick while it's a commercial. Or I'm just going to, whatever it is. Don't make it such a big deal. It's just not a thing. If you don't make it a thing, it won't be a thing. (laughs) And that goes for so much of your life. Okay, so that's tip number one. Tip number two, do you. If at any point in time you're like, I don't want to do this. Again, go back to your intention. Don't do something just because that's the way your mom did it or your sister does it or your best friend does it or someone on Pinterest does it. Do you. Now, here's the only caveat to doing you. You are the manager of your home. Just like how if you're the manager at work, you have to take care of your team. At home, you need to take care of your family. So if your husband prefers something done a certain way, let me give you this example. I have a friend and she does the laundry And for her, it doesn't stress her out if the laundry doesn't all get put away or if it doesn't all get done. Now, for me, I am like a, I do laundry on all one day, all one day. I know some people will say like, do a load every single day. That stresses me out because then I have a chore to do every single day around laundry. Like it doesn't work for me. If it works for you, awesome. Do it. If it doesn't work for you, don't feel guilty about it. Don't do it that way. Do you. Anyway, back to my story. So my friend, she does her laundry on the weekends. And she doesn't mind if it, like, she wants it all to get clean, but she doesn't mind if it doesn't get put away. But her husband, it stresses him out when the laundry is sitting there and not put away. So she has to kind of flex to that a little bit and to be able to say, okay, if this stresses you out, maybe I wash and you put away. Or maybe if that's not something you want to do, maybe you do something else so that I can have time to put away the laundry. So you have to find those compromises that meets the needs of everyone in your house. Now, again, that doesn't mean you're doing it all. That doesn't mean that you're catering to everyone's needs. But as you're delegating things out, if there are certain things that are really, really important to certain family members, make them in charge of it or find a way of doing it to serve them and love on them by meeting their needs and the way that they prefer to have their home set up because it's an ultimate way for you to be able to love on your family to be able to give to them, to serve them, or to be able to teach your kids how to meet their own needs. 
by doing that or having your husband freeing him up from some other things maybe that you've delegated so that the things that are priority to him, he can get done in the way that he wants it done, okay? So that's my number two tip is to do you and take care of your family. Two and one for you. And number three is to get buy-in from your family. Share with them your intention. Share with them your vision of what it is you want to create for your home. Share with them the way that you've put the list together, the way that you've delegated it, and let them know, like, we are all in this together. We are going to make this fun. We are not going to make it a big deal. And this is the reward, is that we get to live into this home. We get to create the space for ourselves that's going to be amazing, where we can relax, we can host other people, whatever it is that your family's into. Let them see that full picture. Because Not only will that create more buy-in so that they'll want to do the things alongside with you, that they'll do the things that you're delegating, they get the bigger picture, they get the why, but you're also teaching your kids the same process. And like I said before, the same process you can do in every area of your life, but it's just most practical in your home as you're building up your home. Now, as we're wrapping up, there are so many different Bible verses that I could reference about homemaking, and I'm sure we will cover a lot of them as we go throughout this series, whether it's 1 Timothy 5.8 or Proverbs 27.23. But for this episode, I want to really draw your attention to Colossians 3.18. So I like to study the word using different websites, and one of the ones I really like is called Bible Gateway. And in Bible Gateway, This section is called Rules for Christian Households. I highly encourage you go and just be in the word and see what God would speak to you because there's so much wisdom in these passages. I mean, let's be honest, there's so much wisdom throughout the entire Bible, but especially in these passages. And one of the courses that we have inside the Life Balance membership, inside the Your Life Rocks app, is setting goals in God's will. And the reason why I wrote that Bible study, it's not a devotional, first off. It's not like where you're just, hearing me talk or or reading me and my thoughts, but it's really about guiding you into God's word so that he can speak to your heart, so that he can show you what he wants for your life for all eight areas of life. And when we talk about those eight areas of life, we're talking about your faith, marriage, parenting, career, health, home, finances, and friends and fun. Because the Bible talks about all of those things and sets great examples for us to look up to in all of those things. And so I want you to be able to to hear what God has to say about those and for him to kind of direct your path as you're setting goals for your life. So that's available in the app. But this section here has so much good stuff that relates to our homes, how we are as wives, so many great things. But the verse I really want to highlight is verse 23 where it reads, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And I think this is really powerful because sometimes when we start to think about all of the things that we have to do around our house, they can feel like chores. And our mindset around everything is so important, but especially as we're taking care of our house, because if we're not careful, our hearts can go really, really bitter around homemaking. I mean, you think about it, you clean up the kitchen and then the kids come through and it's a mess. You clean up the living room. And then all of a sudden their toys are everywhere. It's like a never ending battle taking care of your house. But it's only a battle if you say that it's a battle. But if you think about when you're doing these things for your house, when you're doing these things for your family, that you're really doing it in a way of serving the Lord and positioning your heart in a way 
that you're able to look at the work before you as work done for God. And so if you find yourself with that mindset starting to twist, if you find yourself starting to get resentful for how much you're doing versus how much your husband is doing or what the kid's not doing a good enough job or whatever it is, if you find your heart going to the wrong place, bring it right back to God because that, having him at the center of all of that, bringing back those feelings to him and just repositioning your heart and your mind to focus straight ahead, straight on him, straight on his will for your life, for your home, it helps your perspective and it helps to ease some of that load off. Well, you guys, I am so excited to continue in this series as we give you even more strategies on how you can clean and organize your house. I know today was kind of an overview, definitely more of like a workshop. I gave you some actionable things that you can be taking care of, but we are going to be talking to some experts in this field. So I hope that you hit subscribe if you haven't done so already and share it with a friend, share it with a friend because the stuff we're going to be talking about, normally we talk about stuff that's really very pertinent to working Christian moms. But this is pertinent for everybody. So husbands, wives, working moms, non-working moms, part-time working moms, stay-at-home moms, whatever. Share it with everyone that you know because I hope that there's going to be a lot of really great things to come. And this is a great season to get your house in order before you start unpacking all of your Christmas decorations. So stay tuned for more great things. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Bye.